welcome to another episode of the Comedy Mom Podcast. I am Katie Ipok, your comedy mom, and I want to talk about why open mics are important. Now, this is on my mind this evening because tomorrow starts, you know, the work week for us comics here in Central Oregon, open mics on Tuesday and Wednesday through my company. Then there's an open mic on Thursday through one of the other production companies in town. So open mics are on the brain. And here's something I noticed. Now, obviously, again, this podcast is for kind of focused on comedians in smaller communities that are in their first year or so. I hope, because this advice kind of applies through the majority of your career as a whole. But, you know, this is for people in smaller towns, not your big cities, not LA, New York, Chicago. Seattle. Um, so keep that in mind. There, I'm noticing that some people stop hitting open mics as hard when they get booked. When they get their first booking, they stop going. And so sometimes it seems like people think open mics are just an audition. And once you get booked, you don't need to do it anymore. And that is absolutely not the truth. And so my scene here in Bend, Oregon, we've seen a lot of growth, especially I have definitely seen a lot of growth in the last five years that I've been performing. And some of the, you know, the OGs of the scene haven't really caught up to this new reality. New comics are coming in all the time. We're going to get a new batch of comedians here the next couple months, we always, you know, the every year, whatever year you started is the class you're a part of for me. So like any comedian that did their first open mics in 2019 are a part of the class of 2019. So my class of 2020 comics is going to start coming in not too long after January because, of course, it's New Year's resolution season. Um, so a lot of people are trying to stand up for the first time. The majority of those people will probably stick with it. There's a good... I want to say it's like an 80 to 85% between people who come to my open mics, how, you know, the percentage of those people that continue on and actually take on this hobby and work on this as an art form. So there are new people that are getting onboarded all the time, which means, you know, and again, this is not industry standard. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but Central Oregon is weird. I still haven't 100% figured out what the difference is, but it tends to take, in general, if we're going to be, if we're going to generalize this, I would say it takes about four to five months between your first open mic to when you get booked for like a fresh faces showcase here in town. So, you know, my class of 2020 is going to start coming in January. That means they're going to be ready for 10 minute sets by June ish. And so that means you're going to have another group of people are going to be available to be booked. And I think the OGs in town have not caught up to this fact yet. They're so used to, and I, I know I'm about to get really honest, and I'm going to piss some people off here, but they're used to this kind of OG booking, this almost nepotistic cronyism where if you go out and drink with a booker, it doesn't matter whether you've done open mics before you're going to get booked. And I'm not going to say that there aren't people in town that are still booking like that, but 
you know, there's basically two major bookers here in Central Oregon. And we both kind of share the same philosophy that open mics are important. And if you don't keep going to open mics, we're going to forget about you. <laughs> like, and I know, you know, I'm talking to comedians right now. I'm talking to a comic. You have a performer's heart, which is the nice way of saying you have an ego. You want to believe that you will be remembered, but that is not how this works. If you don't consistently go to open mics, we are going to forget about you and new people are going to take your place in shows. But I get it. So the rest, so I basically wanted to do this episode to convince you why you should go to open mics all the time. Okay. First of all, all stage time is good stage time. Don't ever con yourself into thinking that you are too good to go to an open mic. There is nothing, again, I've said it before, I want to believe that I'm a professional booker and, you know, I book based on whose talent and skill level is going to deliver the best show possible for my audiences. But I will tell you right now, there is nothing that makes me curl my lip in a negative way when I see your name than having you literally say to me that you don't do open mics because they're not good enough for you. Okay. I will, I, and that mentality is so stupid. All stage time is good stage time. Every time you get on stage, you're going to get better. And that does, and I don't care how long you've been in stand up comedy. I've been doing this for five years. I've run my own production company. I have headline shows, like, and I still get better every time I do a five minute open mic set. Every time you get on stage, you're going to get better. All stage time is good stage time. And honestly, it's your workout, okay? Just like when you're training for a marathon, you need to run, what, five, six times a month? Or five, six times a week? Obviously, I'm not a marathon runner. The same goes for comedy. It's your workout. You need to be doing it consistently. It will also keep your feet under you. I notice that if some, if and this is for most people, <laughs> there are a couple people that aren't like this, but most comics, if they go longer than a week performing in a show or doing a set at all, they start to get rusty. They start to lose skill. They start to lose some of their dynamic stage presence. And it almost, if you go too long between sets, you're no longer going to progress. You're almost going to go backwards. So even if you're doing your greatest hits, at an open mic, you're still keeping your feet under you. You're keeping yourself from regressing. So if you're in a situation where you're having writer's block, which is a thing, and I should have pulled this up earlier, but if you are having writer's block, that's to say, like, you're not wanting to go to open mics because you haven't written some new jokes, I want you to go listen to episode five, How to Generate Material, which I even say that episode could also be called How to Beat Writer's Block. So go, because I get it, especially in showcases when we're taking our greatest hits up all the time, it's hard to want to go to open mic and perform your greatest hits. So if you're not writing jokes consistently enough, so you have new stuff to take to an open mic, then go listen to episode five, because you're probably having writer's block right now, and let's get you unblocked from that, so you have new stuff to take on stage. But you want to keep your feet under you. So even if you, you know, I, I don't spend as much time writing as I want to. And that's one of my goals for 2020. I want to take that Seinfeld theory and write a joke every day and get back into that habit. 
Um, so there's a lot of open mics right now that I'm doing greatest hits. But I'm still getting better every time. All stage time is good stage time. And every time you get on stage, every time, even if you're doing the same jokes, you're going to be a better comic for it. You're going to get, your stage presence is going to get stronger. Your comfort with your material is going to get better. Every minute that you are gifted with stage time is a gift and it's going to make you better. You can't say that enough. Open mics are a safe place to fail. Okay. And I say this because there is nothing that is going to keep me from booking you for a showcase than you taking untested material to a showcase. If you go into one of my showcases, that means I'm paying you and you use untested material on that stage, I will unbench you. And in my mind, you are back to open mic level. Okay. People don't spend money to listen to you test out new jokes. That's what open mics are for. So open mics are your safe place to do that. They are your safe place to test out a joke you've never said before. Now, before you get mad at me, <laughs> and I know some people listen to this, they're going to get mad about this. I understand there are times for taking untested material on stage. And you know what? I have people on my bench that do it, but they do it respectfully and they do it well. And I want to get too far into this, but basically if you are in a pinch, say um, something happened that day, it's time intensive, it's a pop culture reference, it's, you know, you've got to burn it today, or, you know, you might not be able to tell that joke again, sandwich it between two of your strongest bits. So that way, if it does fail, the audience had a lot of laughter before and they get a lot of laughter after. So they'll basically kind of forget <laughs> about that moment. But open mics are where you take untested material. Open mics are where you try new things. And it is absolutely the safest place to fail. My stepdad was a national ski patroller from Mount Bachelor, the local ski resort. Just so weird. I grew up here. <laughs> We've always called it the mountain, not a ski resort. But um, he used to tell us about skiing, that if we weren't falling, then we weren't getting better. And I take that some same mentality into open mics. Open mics are a safe place to fail. And honestly, especially once you get booked with me the first time, I want to see you fail because that means you're trying to improve and get better and stretch yourself. And that's part of why open mics are important. Even if you're having to do greatest hits every month, think about something different you can do. Try to fail at that greatest hit. Try to push yourself. So how do you use your open mic time wisely? First of all, and I know I already mentioned this, but try to write all the time. So that way you have new jokes to tell. Try to write every day. Treat it just like a marathoner getting ready for a race. Write every day. Again, experiment with your greatest hits. Um, try to come up with a new tag. Come up with a new physicality to go with the joke. Work on nonverbal stage habits. This is so critical. For example, my nonverbal stage habit is I play with my hair. I have the same sassy stance, right? And I need to find more than one. 
nonverbal habits that I'm seeing on stage all the time is playing with the mic stand, which is really starting to annoy me. Um, I'm about ready to start actually like communicating with you guys and telling you what's happened. Cause I'm guessing a lot of you don't realize you're doing it or you think it's the cool thing to do in comedy. Again, if you're not going to keep the mic in the mic stand, you need to move the mic stand out of the way and not touch it. <laughs> okay. Don't fiddle with it. Don't play with it. But that's part of what you can work on in an open mic is work on those nonverbal stage habits, not playing with the mic stand, not playing with your hair. So you're do you know, do your greatest hits, the stuff that you really have memorized, so you can focus on not playing with the mic cord or pulling down your shirt or, you know, scratching your nose, whatever nervous habit is coming up when you're up there. Experiment with the order of your jokes. Flip the order you normally perform them. For example, um, the other day I was doing my champion jokes. I have a, you know, champion, excuse me, um, champion of the Pokemon, champion of the Horde, and champion of the Jedi. And then I tried putting my knitting joke at the end of it. Now, obviously, if you've never heard me do this material, none of that makes sense to you. All you need to know is I never put my knitting jokes after my champion jokes before, but I tried it and it worked out really well. That's something else you can do with your open mic time, especially if you haven't written new jokes. You can experiment in the order in which you perform them. And here, and you know what? <laughs> Go to an open mic to network, especially when we're talking about these smaller communities like Bend. Networking is so important. I don't know how many gigs or opportunities that I have gotten through networking with other comics and also how many gigs and opportunities I have given to other open mics, open micers and comics. You know, it, comedy is a family that you kind of get to choose. So you should go see your comedy family. Comics, we have a, you know, an interesting view on life. We're definitely, you know, not all comics are the same. But to go see your com come see your comedy mom at least once a week, right? <laughs> your mom wants to see you. And check in with the bookers. I I think I talked about this in the beginning of the podcast. I think. But but again, I want to believe that I book professionally and book on what I see. But there are some people that just book based on who they see at an open mic that week. And some bookers are going to go with whoever's the closest to book in the moment or the easiest to book, to book in the moment. You might get gigs, even if you're just doing your greatest hits at open mic that night because you were there. So go to open mics, do your greatest hits, check in with the bookers, shake their hands, say hello, remind them that you're there. So that's, that's why open mics are important and everyone needs to do them. I don't care what level of comedy you are in. Even the A-lister comics are still doing open mics and testing new material. Comedy is a very, it's an equalizing performance field. Because in the end, everyone has to tell a joke for the first time. No matter how long they've been doing comedy, they still have to tell jokes for the first time, right? And I don't care how you good, how good you are at comedy, 
the likelihood that every single joke that you write is going to land perfectly the first time, even if you've been doing comedy for 30, 40 years, is at the most 50-50. Jokes still have to be crafted. And that crafting needs to happen at an open mic, not in front of a paid audience. That's just that's just the truth. So even after you get passed by a person like me, even after passed, booked, put on the bench, whatever colloquialism you want to use, you still need to go to open mics. You need to go to as many open mics as you can. All stage time is good stage time. Comedy is one of the only performing art forms that there is no practice for. I mean, in theory, you can be at home in front of the mirror saying your material, but there is no way to understand how well you're doing unless you put that material in front of an audience. So you need to go to open mics. You need to go to your practice and you need to do as much stage time as absolutely possible. Never turn down stage time. Go to every open mic you can. Even if you're having writer's block, again, go to episode five. That might help you get over that writer's block if that's what's keeping you from open mics. But just go. Every single one. Every time. Okay? (laughs) And that, my friends, is why open mics are important. Again, we are on Instagram now, at Comedy Mom Podcast. And I would love to answer questions. So if you have something you want to talk to Comedy Mom about, you can always email us at comedymompodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at comedymompodcast. You can also find me on Facebook. Um, And again, if you're in the Central Oregon area, I would love to do an episode of you asking Comedy Mom questions. And again, I'm going to start bugging you guys. definitely get some more people on here to talk about their first open mics experience open mic experiences and their first steps into the world that is hopefully going to happen i'm going to corner you guys at open mics (laughs) every open mic so hopefully we get one of those at least once a week all right this has been another episode of the comedy mom podcast as always take your vitamins take good care of yourself and don't be a dick on stage